Why do we only sing about the angels around Christmas time? Have you noticed that? Sometimes we sing about them in other ways, but I was going through song catalogs, and the category of angels is pretty minimal. And I was maybe planning the service and considering, are we going to sing a Christmas song this Sunday? We almost did. Think about it. Angels we have heard on high, hark the herald angels sing, angels from the realm of glory. There are some good ones, but they're all kind of reserved for Christmas time, even though they likely could be sung year-round. We will be singing a song specifically about angels at the end of this message, but angels, fascinating, mysterious beings that we either overemphasize and give the, attribute a lot to them, placing them on equal terms with God, or we underemphasize thinking of them only around the Christmas season. So I'm really excited that last week we pulled out of the hat the topic of angels, angels amongst us, as the topic for today. So we are going to spend some time trying to bring some clarity to these fascinating spiritual beings. So this is going to be an entry-level exploration on what are angels, where are the angels, and what do the angels do, and what does that mean for us? All right? So let's dive in today. A quick hat tip to John Beeman. He directed me towards some really helpful resources, specifically some by R.C. Sproul, which helps inform today's message. So that first question, what are angels? Some have suggested that, like a kid, oh, they're such an angel. Maybe when they're sleeping, right? Maybe when they're sleeping. Or precious moments would lead you to believe that they're these chubby little kids with wings and a halo, right? Yeah. What are angels? What do you picture when you think of angels? Husbands, this is your opportunity to say, Oh, I was thinking of you, my dearest wife. <laughs> angels. First of all, angels are created by God. That is, they are creatures. They are created beings. They are creatures like you and me. They were created. So they're not divine. They're not perfect. We know this because... The evil one was once an angel who's now a fallen angel cast out because he chose to try and make his name higher than the name that belongs at the top. Angels can make bad choices, you see, as we know. They're not perfect. They're not divine because only God is divine and perfect. But angels were created by God. We see in Nehemiah when he proclaims, you are the Lord, you alone, you have made heaven. You made the heaven of heavens with all their hosts. And the hosts of heaven worships you. We know the hosts is the, the, the description the, the biblical writers often use to describe the grouping of angels. And later in the New Testament, of course, in Colossians 1.16, Paul says that God created all things, those things visible and those invisible. Angels are created by God. They're created beings, created by the one creator, God. Just like we are created beings, angels are created beings, and yet 
there's some differences between us and angels, right? Even if some of our wives may resemble an angel. (laughs) So consider this question. Are angels supernatural? There's a lot of shows on at like 2 a.m. talking about supernatural things, right? On TV about these, these, maybe these ghost sightings or Bigfoot who, you know, maybe Bigfoot's real. I don't know. But there's all these supernatural things that exist outside the natural order of things. So are angels supernatural? A lot of times we may think so because they seem so mysterious and unknown to us, but I like what R.C. Sproul says. He suggests that angels are not supernatural beings because they are a part of God's natural order. You see, that is, God created the angels. They belong to his natural design, just as you and I are a part of God's natural design. And angels are not divine, just like you and I are not divine. Only God is divine. Only God is truly supernatural. Because he is outside and above the natural. Are angels mysterious? Absolutely. Are they amazing? Oh, yes. But are they supernatural? I'm inclined to believe they are not. But they are created by God, and they are a part of God's natural design. Now, this is where it really starts to get interesting, for me at least. Because when you consider humans, and you consider angels— And when you think of what's often displayed in movies and like Hallmark commercials and like Hallmark movies, you often think that when we die, we become angels. You know the saying that heaven gained another angel, which is a beautiful sentiment, this idea that, oh, they're going to glory and they're going to join in with the angels. But it gave me pause and I started to think about that. And what I see in Scripture, what I, as I, in my own path of discovery, trying to learn more about angels, I see that humans are created uniquely. Angels are created uniquely. And so while that's a nice sentiment, and while we do go to heaven, we have a spiritual component, there's a difference between humans and angels. Consider this. Humans are physical beings. And we are made up of physical material. We're made up of matter, and we exist in the physical world. Yes, we have a spiritual component. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. But angels, their being is a spiritual one. They're spiritual beings, spiritual by nature, and they exist in the spiritual world. So being spirit beings, they are seem to remain invisible to the physical world. Oh, except sometimes they manifest in some way or take on the appearance of humans. What's that about? We read about that in the Bible. We see it happen throughout the Bible, in fact. In the Old Testament with Abraham and, and, and with, well, several incidences. And then we see it again very clearly with the birth of Jesus. Do you remember? And the shepherds are, are, are met with the good news of great joy from the angels. And, and the, the, the veil is somehow opened up and the choir of angels are singing. Or at the resurrection of Jesus with the angels who appears and gives the news. He's not here. He's present. 
or we see it again at the ascension of Jesus when they say, why do you look for him? He will return. And so we see angels, they're spiritual beings, and yet they're a distinct creation separate from us. And they can, if God wills, take on a physical form. So what are the angels, aside from kind of confusing, (laughs) created by God, part of God's natural design, and spiritual beings that exist in the spiritual world? That's kind of like the big three. There's a lot more to them, but that's all we'll talk about for what they are. But where are the angels? says, you know, if they're in the spiritual world, then why do we have these incidences of people having like encounters with angels throughout the scriptures and they pop up here and there throughout the Bible? And then we read this fascinating little thing from the author of Hebrews when he writes, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Whoa! Fascinating thought, isn't it? Fascinating thought. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that moment when when we are in heaven and we're worshiping God. And, you know, we, we like to think that when we get to heaven, we'll have all the answers we've ever wanted to know. And, and you know, I don't know if that will happen or not. I'll, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> and, uh, but one of the things that would be fascinating to learn is, hey, did I encounter any angels in my life? That weird encounter that just kind of stands out to me as being just a little bit different, I wonder. Or that one time where I met that person and it was an amazing gift and then I never saw or heard from them again. I wonder. It could be just a person, or it could be God doing something amazing. And often we won't know on this side of eternity. But what does this passage tell us? That there is a possibility that you and I have interacted with angels. And we're also reminded of when Abraham, he entertained three strangers to learn later that they were three angelic messengers. And that's quite fascinating. So where are the angels? Well, if they're in the spiritual realm, and yet we have these encounters, it's quite interesting. So let's look at our focus passage today to help better understand this. And then we're going to move on to connect with something practical about the angels first today. In 2 Kings 6 is where we find our focus passage today. And I'm going to give you a quick summary, and then we'll read just uh, three verses from this tale. We're jumping right in the middle of this true account of Elisha. Elisha is often called a man of God. He was a prophet of God. He was Elijah's successor after Elijah was taken away on a chariot of fire to be with God at the conclusion of his ministry. And Elisha continues on his ministry. He's a prophet for God, did great things for the Lord. Well, there's the king of Aram, also known as Syria. We'll just use that language this morning, Syria was at war with Israel. It's where God's people belonged. And so they're at war with these people, and Elisha, of course, is with God's people in Israel. And, and, and Elisha kept telling the king of Israel where the opposing forces were going to be and what they were going to do. And the king of Syria was getting furious. It's like, how do they know my plans? Every time I make a plan, they already know it, and I'm thwarted. So the king of Syria is furious, and he's trying to figure out how do they know? And his people tell him, oh, well, Elijah, the man of God, is with them. 
and he goes, find me this Elisha so I can deal with this. And so the people find out where Elisha is. He's with his servant, and the, <laughs> the king of Syria says, this is what the text says, a, he sends a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. Say, okay, no way you'll know this plan, Elisha. I have you surrounded. And that's where we pick up from verse 15. Remember, Elisha's with his servant. So when the servant of the man of God, that's Elisha, he got up early the next morning, he went outside and, oh, there were troops, there were horses, chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. What's Elisha's response? Something we read often in the Bible. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Pause for a moment and consider the servant of Elisha. What you talking about, Elisha? We're surrounded and there's two of us. How are there more? What are you talking about? Don't be afraid. And perhaps Elisha knew his servant needed a little bit more encouragement to believe that. So it says, Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Fascinating thought because Elisha already knew without seeing, and yet here he prays to God, say, Give him the eyes to see. So the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside all around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. This is amazing. Where are the angels? Oh, they are all around. You may not know it. You may not see it. But in this moment, that, that veil was lifted for Elijah's servant to see the truth of the matter that God has it in hand. You see, the spiritual realm is not this far-off, distant place. It's all around us. It's a part of God's created design. And just like this account with Elisha, there's kind of like this veil that prevents us from often seeing what's going on in the spiritual side of things, the spiritual realm of things, because we live here in the physical realm. But it's all around us. Elisha and his servant are given the most amazing privilege of getting a glimpse on the other side of the veil. And it's almost like with those shepherds at the announcement of Jesus' birth, it's like God is so excited about the good news of what's going on. He goes, shepherds, I just have to share with you. You don't fully grasp, and you'll never fully grasp what is happening, but just look, look, and he pulls it back, and it's the chorus of angels praising God. There's so much more going on than we often realize. The specific question from the hat this week was, angels in our midst. Well, we see in this account, we see from the word from Hebrews, we, you may remember the tale of Jacob's ladder when he dreams and has a vision and he sees a spot where the angels are both ascending and descending in the spiritual realm from heaven to earth, back and forth, back and forth. He saw that there is a vibrant activity that is happening in the spiritual realm. 
We see at the birth of Jesus when the veil's torn back. I dare say angels are all around. So what do angels do? The first one's kind of easy if you know Greek, which most of us don't, right? <laughs> angels comes from angelos. Angelos. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Angelos, which means messenger. And we see that in the Bible often, that angels are messengers. They are bringing the, the word of God to people. They didn't have text message. They didn't have FaceTime. They didn't even have, like, many forms of communication. I don't think they had carrier pigeons. Often God would choose to speak through his angels sharing the message of God. What else the angels do? They minister to God's people in times of crisis and distress. His word tells us that, and then we see that on display after Jesus was tempted and fasting in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of that, what happens? But the angels minister to him. And what else do angels do? Well, they're not all passive. They fight against the devil and his demons on God's behalf. And we know that. And beyond that, the angels worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, was and is and is to come, without ceasing, always and forever. Angels are natural spiritual beings created by God and under God's command to love and serve him as he sees, uh, as he deems is right. So what's our takeaway? This is all fascinating stuff to learn about angels and to, and, 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 and to hear about what does it mean for us in our own lives. Well, when you feel surrounded— when you feel lost, when you feel discouraged, when you feel all alone, there is so much more going on around you than your eyes can perceive. How many times have you felt like Elisha's servant? When you feel hopeless, we're doomed, we're outnumbered, we're outmatched. There's no way out of this. And you wonder, where is God? What is God doing? But just like Elisha and his servant, we can profess and believe that God has a plan far greater and far better than we can ever fathom. His protection remains. He has you covered. God does so much more in every moment of every second of every day than we can ever dream or fathom. The simple existence of the angels so often escape and elude our minds and our understanding, and yet they're playing an active and deliberate role within God's created design. Because God is actively at work in this world through the angels and in and through you. There is a spiritual battle going on right now as we speak. Now, Christ won the ultimate victory. Think of this. This is a battle that we already know the end. 
because Christ assured it upon the cross, and when he rose again and said, "Uh uh-uh, you have no power here. But the enemy, as he bleeds out, will try and take as many of us with him as he can. There is a battle going on, a victorious battle, but a battle nonetheless. And we see in the Bible, the angels, they existed for a long time, all throughout the Bible, and we are assured that when Jesus returns, he will be leading the heavenly host. So do we believe angels exist? Absolutely. Do we believe they're still at work seeking to do the Father's will? Yes, we do. And are there angels amongst us? I have no doubt in my mind that the angels are all around. And there is a battle that is going on. The angels are working, and he's called us to work as well. Question you may be wondering amongst this discussion Well, what about this guardian angel idea? Are there guardian angels? I don't know. But I do know this. We have a God who cares. We have a God who is close, who loves us without end, who is available and accessible to us all the time through his Holy Spirit, and that the angels are at his command, and God cares deeply for you. So whether there's one angel or an army of angels, I trust that God has you covered. As we were talking about in this battle, the angels have a particular role in God's created order, and so do we. He has called us to take up arms, to not be passive and just sit still, but to actively pursue the kingdom work he has placed in front of us, to share the message of Jesus through our words and through our lives, to love Jesus with all our being, by living as he longs us to live, by serving him with everything we got as we seek to move the kingdom work forward. And just like the angels, to live a life of worship that is pointing to the one who is on the throne. We are created beings made in the image of God, joining our voices and our service and our lives in with the heavenly host as we live a life that sings the hymn of heaven. Praise be to God, the creator of the earth, creator of the heavens, creator of the angels, and the creator of you and me. Now let's get to work. Amen. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. In fact, your thoughts and ways are so much higher and above and beyond anything we can ever truly comprehend. And yet, you don't leave us high and dry. You give us glimpses of what you are doing. You give us glimpses like that veil being pulled back to say, See, there is good news. See, I am at work. See, you are not alone. God, I pray this day that through this message, as we open up our thoughts to what you are doing in the physical, spiritual realm, that over which you are king over all, that we are encouraged and inspired again to take up our arms and join in the work with the angels to do what you have called us to do, to the work that is right in front of us. We thank you, Lord, 
that you are the God of the angels and you are our God. May we open our eyes to see you at work, trusting your angels are all around and you are right here and present with us. Praise be to you, the Lord God, creator of all. In Jesus' name, amen.